All right, back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right, Specs. It's a four-time National Retail of the Year, if you didn't know. Also, whether you're watching the game or soaking up the last rays of summer sun, and trust me, we're supposed to be getting up to 100 in most places until the end of this week. But Specs has you covered with lower prices on Texas's largest selection, okay? And also, keep in mind, they've been established since 1962. And if you're looking to get any inside information on new, any new wines, new flavors, even bourbons, make sure you can always go online as well at online.com or if you walk into the store at a store near you you can talk to one of the professional expert uh, workers there at Specs to help you out with that that is Specs official sponsor of the sports grind 1-800-707-9760 all right so we're supposed to be joined next segment uh by Mike Cliss if he doesn't run over with the Kyle Shanahan um and, you know press conference that's going on up there we'll get his thoughts on the afc west and also the state of the national outrage on hackett and russ that looks like 50 everybody's telling me russ looks old but okay i mean maybe he does but i mean everybody looks a little bit older but i'm keeping receipts though but also sticking to the nfl theme mike evans got denied his you know appeal on his suspension Okay, so he will be out this weekend versus the Packers. And then it started to get me to think like, you know, this is probably going to be the last time we see Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Okay, for two reasons, in my opinion, one, Tom's got 300 million waiting on him from Fox. Number two. I, you know. These two teams will stay in the playoff hunt, but I just believe you know, depending on how matchups goes, if they get there or whatever, I don't know if you're really going to see this matchup again in the postseason. And if I'm wrong, we'll pull the tape and say, hey, there you go. That's the NFC championship game. Because the NFC is really like, NFC is really a crapshoot, man. I mean, NFC, I mean, the AFC is just thick. You know, it, it, it really is. And I think that this, since this is probably the last time that Aaron and Tom, we get to see this matchup. I really believe that this is really important for Aaron Rodgers to try to get this win against Tom. I mean, Tom's a guy with all the hardware. Tom's knocked him out in the playoffs at home in Lambeau. You know, I think Aaron needs this one a little bit more than Tom. Now we know that Tampa went ahead and signed Cole World Beasley. Uh, we'll see how long it takes him to get acclimated in their system. They are banged up at the wide receiver position. They're still banged up on the offensive line. But, hey, you know, and sometimes it takes time to get lathered into the season. And this is the first time that he's had to deal with some off-the-field personal issues in his own home. I mean, he's had to deal with his mom. I mean, going to the Super Bowl, he had to deal with his mom going through chemo and radiation. And I know what that's about personally, so that's tough. Uh, but this is the first time he's had to go through something that's been in his household with Giselle. Now I'm reading reports that supposedly he hopes that he she will attend his first home game. I'm like, oh, what what is this? High school? I mean, what well, you you're just hoping that she comes to the homecoming game cuz you plan on passing for 300 yards? Damn, how long have they been together? They've been together damn near what 15 years? 14 maybe even 20? Not 20, but I'll give you around the the 10-15 mark. I hope she comes to the game, the first home game. It's like one of those subliminals. And then she tweets out last week, go Bucks, Man, everybody already knows y'all having problems in paradise, man. Stop trying to, oh, we're still good. No, y'all not. 
Tom still ain't got fine for that damn Microsoft tablet that he banged, that he, boom, broke it. Come on, you know, but it's important for Aaron to win this one. And I really don't know. Again, I know how I feel. I, you know, I picked Minnesota to win the uh, NFC North. I'm not going to change that, even though that they got pretty much handled by the Philly the other night. Um, I'm going to stick with that. But I think, you know, it's one of those situations to where Green Bay, they've got to really, you know, everybody wanted to compare last year when they got blown out by the Saints week one, then they responded and it kind of went this way. And Aaron let everybody know in the right after on the field in the interview. He was like, yeah, it was kind of last year we got on track and, you know, we got an opponent coming to Tampa Bay. They probably need to win this one. They need to win this. I'm not going to say this is a must win, but they need to win one. And that's a very interesting game. But enjoy it. Because like I said, it's probably the last time we're going to see those two guys on the field together. We're really getting past all the old vet rivalries, excuse me, between the quarterbacks, if you think about it. I mean, with Drew Brees being gone, you know, Tom and Peyton, I mean, Peyton retired years ago, you know. Um, also, what else? Who else? We use, I mean, Ben's gone. So it, it's, I mean, we're really getting into – the Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, you know, um, who else? I mean, you got, uh, you know, Justin, you know, Herbert basically went ahead and, you know, him versus Pat. We're getting to that next level of young gunners and robberies. They got a long way to go to, you know, come to what these guys gave us over the last 10, 15 years, but it all goes in cycles. 1-800-707-9760. Bartlett, can you say something to me? What's up? Oh, we've got Bartlett. You know, because I've gotten messages too over the week, like, why don't you never ask how Bartlett's doing? Or Bartlett, well, yeah, well, I didn't want to test A because we've been trying to work through these connections here to get this, you know, when you're getting into multiple markets here, things get kind of dicey. And that's above my pay grade, you know, so I pay other people to handle that. But anyway, all right, Bartlett. So Bartlett's with a good, good, just in time. So we get in the Big 12 play here with the ut goes to that dust bowl this weekend don't they barlett yeah tech. yeah tech attack i think they're a six and a half point favorite the last time that i checked but we're about i don't and i haven't watched texas tech play all year so i don't know what the hell they're bringing to the table but that yeah that's who ut's got coming up what you got jones did you catch at all the interesting report with demar demarvion overshone um that that was popping over this weekend um, no, what, what enlighten me a little bit. So DeMarvion, of course, who is appealing, I, I, I'm not, I don't have an update yet on the, uh, the, his appealing process for, uh, the targeting hit, uh, call that he had against Frank Harris. Mm. Um, but oh, there was, there was a police report, um, mm. an old police report that we all learned, mm-hmm. uh, cir- circulating, um, and, uh, Without getting it, because it because a situation has been handled, mm-hmm. uh, that this matter is in the past. I don't want to bring that up too much, but the the it, it, the interesting thing to note is somebody went and looked up because it's public record, right? Mm-hmm. Arrest records and 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 and, and such. Uh, the police office or the uh, the attorney's office, the DA's office mm-hmm. uh, in this area. Uh, what the the attorney is from Texas Tech, and so this report circulating over the course of this last weekend. Oh, I see where you're trying. As you well, I'm I'm saying burnt orange Twitter was what had had put two and two together. 
Look, man. Do you think do does does college football really go that deep to where you're gonna release reports like that and, and ahead some, of a big game? And, and some in some parts of this country and some robberies, yes, they do. Uh, Texas Tech. I mean, come on, man. Other than the Crabtree game years ago. And, you know, that that game where they were one in the nation, they try to upset them and the whole catch that there's really not been any robbery between Texas Tech and Texas. But, yes, when you get into certain I've always said there's levels to even robberies in this country, like people down here that thinks and this is my opinion. People that are involved down here in this 75 mile radius between here and Austin, and even people in this 300 and just say in this region. OK, um. People just really think, and it is, but people just know how big OU versus Texas is. And then the next level other than under the NAT down in this region is before when, when A&M was still in the Big 12, the baby robbery to that was Texas and Texas A&M. You know, Thanksgiving usually used to play around on Thanksgiving Day most of the time. Those two, those two robberies and even the OU in Texas – that ain't even in the same ballpark ballpark as Alabama and Auburn. It's not even close. Okay. Now I know some people might disagree, but I'm just, I, I know the truth hurts sometimes. It's not. I don't even think it's on the level of Michigan state and Ohio or Michigan and Ohio state. And I'm not trying to diminish OU versus Texas, but when you're asking the question, like, dude, would somebody really go through this link if they were a lawyer? And I don't, to me, there's a thing about Texas Twitter and UT people. They look and they want to, they want to dig up anything that they can to get a storyline or get whatever's going on. It's like a, they're becoming, well, since they haven't really been competitive in a while, they become like a soap opera, like a novella. All right. So all this, oh, God, this look. But in some other parts, yes. I mean, you've heard. I mean, yes. To answer your question, yes, that can go. That's that's really where college is at in some parts. But if you would have told me this is OU, this happened with OU and this OU week and this guy was an Oklahoma lawyer. Yes. But Texas Tech, I, I don't I don't know about that. I mean, I know Texas Tech like to think they're a robbery to Texas. See, I'm fair. It's all about levels. I know Texas Tech, no disrespect to the Texas Tech alum out there, but I know they like to think in their head they're a robbery to Texas. No, they're not. No, they're not. Shoot them up or whatever the hell they do down there. Guns up. Isn't, isn't that them? Guns up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, no. But I didn't hear that story, but anyway. But is he playing this week? I mean, the, kid, the person you talk about? Like I said, I'm looking for an update on that one. I don't know if Bartlett hmm. might have one off the top of his head, but um, I, I know they were in the appealing process is what Sark had uh, reiterated on Monday. What did you hear about it, Bart? What have you heard uh, about As far as I know, I, I believe it's just going to be, if it doesn't get appealed, uh, he'll have to miss the first half just for the targeting call on oh, Frank Harris, okay. which, yeah. to be honest, is atrocious. Oh, the, you didn't think the, it was the, the NCAA oh. really needs to relook at the whole quote unquote targeting. They need to take factors into account. Uh, not uh, granted, UT won, so it doesn't bug me right, at all. Right. But there are times where even in other games, where they I think they get a little too soft with the targeting. Anytime it's a quote unquote big hit, uh, if you take into account the fact that Frank Harris is what six foot. Hmm. Uh, DeMarvian Overshone is 6'3", 6'4", doesn't lower yeah. his head, just basically hits him with the face mask. 
doesn't drive him into the ground or anything. I think it's just because it's the quarterback, it's a bad hit or whatever. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so who's, who's to say on, on the whole, you know, incident? There has been other colleges that do crazier things. You know, I'm sure you know as the SEC guy, Auburn. Oh, yeah. And I forget the other team that has that historic tree. It's Auburn. That they went like poisoned their tree. So, you know, who's to say? We don't know. But uh, Uh, we'll see what happens. Harvey Weindyke. What the hell is it? Like I said, that's why I say you. That Auburn, people wouldn't did it big. People wouldn't have did time. Okay, over that. I mean, it was horrible what he did. But yeah, he po- these trees are like two, three hundred years old, and his dumb ass calls up to the show. Hey, let me tell you what I did. I just put they poured posing all over. They put that Cam Newton jersey on Bear Bryant statue. Went to jail. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But no, Texas is Tech. It's not really a robber, in my opinion. I have no dog in that race, but I don't think it is. Anyway, 1-800-707-9760. Moving back real quick to the NFL, uh, one other point I wanted to throw out there real quick is, uh, you know, the matchup, I told you the game of the week, in my opinion, is Miami and Buffalo. Okay? Um, this is really the test. Do you understand the pace that Tua and Tyreek and Wallon, two is on pace to possibly throw over 6,000-some yards. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'm just going back and saying that this matchup with Buffalo, so it got me thinking, the Ravens' secondary has been under fire going back since last year. You know, it got caught, even with me, like, hey, man, they're getting a lot of people back. They had a lot of people injured. But the, we kind of went past how bad maybe their secondary could be. So it got me thinking. They go to, I believe, yeah, they go to Gillette this week. Speaking of the Ravens. And you know the whole talk in the offseason has been about Mac Jones and this struggle of who's the offensive coordinator and New England. And it got me to thinking, can Mac Jones expose the Ravens' secondary? Can he go in the can is this is, is Baltimore going to be which I still have them. I had I think they're my one of my picks of the AFC championship game against Buffalo. I think that's who I picked in the AFC championship game. Yeah. So I'm not backing off that. Um I believe that to be honest with you, I've got to see their secondary against Mac Jones. Because if Mac Jones and them really get going, I mean, what do you got? An Aguilar? I mean, he's throwing to Nelson Aguilar and whoever. I can't even name you who the hell else he's throwing to. Nelson Aguilar, only I can give you. But the truth, Kobe Myers is all right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's we. If they go ahead and get it going against their secondary, then we really got some problems. Me personally, everybody that's kind of reacting like, "Oh, Ravens secondary, how could they do that?" Yeah, there was some questionable, you know, how they played the last. I believe, Ty, look, Tyreek Hill and Waddle might be the fastest receiving tandem we've seen in the history of the National Football League. And I'm not, and you know me, I'm not one of those that want to be prison of the moment. If it ain't if it ain't that one, it's up there. Okay? Cause I, you know, go back to 85 with Willie Gold, Chicago Bears, Super Bowl Shuffle. Willie Gold was like a track star, but nobody else really on that receiving core would even as fast as Willie Gold. You know, I'm speedy Willie and I'm world class. I love to dance, but I love to get the pass. That's that old Super Bowl shuffle. Way before your time. Look at that. Not even a Bears fan, and I know that damn part of that damn song. Know about this shield, man. But they, nobody else is as fast. Let me see. Who else? You can go to. Um, there's been some fast guys in the NFL. Bully Bob Hayes, old school Dallas. I mean, who else was fast on there besides him? But my point is, 
I can't remember seeing a tandem this fast on the both wideouts. And I, my whole point is I think, yes, I will be able to really see how bad or if there's major problems with Baltimore secondary with a struggling offense such as the New England Patriots. But I do believe the old reaction about Baltimore secondary has a lot to do with Miami's speed. Okay. Hell, their tight end can move. Zizeki, he can move. Can't, can't celebrate with the damn, but he can move. Okay. So that's my observation. So that's one of the games I will be paying attention to this weekend, just from a, to a engagement standpoint. Like, how bad is the Ravens secondary? And this is exactly, if you're, if you're secondary struggling for what we've seen through two weeks, granted, they did beat Pittsburgh. Okay, and I can tell you right now, that Pittsburgh and Cleveland game, I'm going to give you a free one. I don't know. The last time I checked, I think that total was 39. This is one of there. There's some fun facts to this, but I'll tell you right now, that is under the total all day. That is going to be a three yards and a cloud of dust unless Mike Tomlin really decides to open it up for Trubisky before they go to pick it. And if I'm not mistaken, the last couple times these teams have played on primetime, even the Thursday primetime game in general, it's been under the total. They try to set it like at 42, 40, 39, just a free one there. That's under the total. That's going to be a low-scoring game Thursday, I believe, unless Jacoby Brissett, you know, surprises us or that offense gets going and they take more chances with Mitch Trubisky as well also. Hey, Chubb stood up just say, hey, man, uh, there's other things we got going on. that could, But you know what? I should have probably scored. It's probably on me. But then at the same breath, Chubb tried to say, oh, it ain't going to come down to just one play. Listen to the sports grind. Broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bart spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Crowd. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit TigerSanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Sponsor of the sports crime. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, presented by Dos Equis, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka. All right, handcrafted in Latvia. Keep in mind that Stoli Vodka, they believe they take the whole process grain to glass, 100% pure, and they believe that also the quality is turns into pros into athlete athletes into pros that's stoli vodka official sponsor of the sports grind all right right now it's that time we're going to be joined by denver channel news nine insider denver bronco mike cliss how you doing this afternoon mike i'm doing good calvin lorena yes yes. i got a feedback i got i got feedback in my ear here i'm not going to be able to do this okay you get feedback we got a connection Okay. All right. Let's see if we can yeah. get take. Is that better? You still got you got feedback on that. Let me see. I'm good. You good now? You oh got, no. Oh, it's still, no, it's still no I am not. Okay. Let's just we'll we'll get a connection. Let's see if we can hang up, get a connection, and call you back. If not, we'll try to get this rescheduled. We know we're, you're up against it, but let's see if we can just go ahead and get you reconnected, Bart. Let's see if we get a better connection. All right, let's try that. We'll try that again shortly. All right, so while we wait to try to get a better connection with uh, with Mike and see if this works, uh, definitely was going to talk to him about the, uh, well, of course, we're going to talk to him about the inside of what's going on if it's overreaction with Denver, but I definitely wanted to get his thoughts on the AFC West in general on how he had things set up or where he thought things were going to shake out to uh, coming up this season, but we'll see if we can get a better connection uh, for him. But in the meantime, while we wait to try to get Mike back on the line a couple things too that I wanted to touch on was going to touch on anyway after uh talking to Mike was pretty much about sticking with the NFL theme and the NFL we were going to look at we talked about the Ravens the matchup before and I was talking about you know the Dolphins and this big matchup with the Bills um the other matchup that I really feel that we're going to end up talking and covering throughout the week the other and I don't know if I'm going to sit there and say because I really think it's Miami and Buffalo the game of the week but the other interesting one is that Kansas City Chiefs uh, versus a Colts team that possibly it should be desperate. I mean, because they're 0-1-1 and then you have a Chiefs team that's out 2-0 and and that team has played them pretty tough over the years, speaking of the Colts. But you have to wonder, there's a lot of chatter kind of going around in regards to the play and the experiment of Matt Ryan and also what are the options if, you know, going forward if things don't work with him. We got Mike back, All right? Okay, let's try this one more time. All right, Mike, is that better? Is that better echo? You uh, let me see. Yes. Okay. Well, well, not <laughs> Let's try th- to fight through it for a couple uh, minutes here. Yeah, I know you're up against it. Well, real quick, I know you're straight out of the uh, Kyle Shanahan press conference as well, too. So I know you just got out of that, and it got me to thinking about that. You know, um, am I wrong at saying, because when I see this matchup coming about Sunday night, and, you know, everybody knows that Kyle Shanahan, you know, his dad with Denver. But the thing I'm looking at is, you know, a few years ago when this job became available, 
uh, years ago it's been available quite often more than you know most people would like but before they hired Vic Vangio you know there was rumblings and stuff going on that you know Kyle Shanahan was really wanting this job and then you know of course the history with Joe Ellis and his dad or that do you think that this game is a little bit more special for Kyle Shanahan this coming up Sunday because of those circumstances it was Vance Joseph, by the way. Not Vance Joe. Oh, it's it. well, Mike. They've yeah, been through. It, it was it was Vance Joseph years. So they've been through so many of them, man. I can't keep count. They keep yeah, burning through. That's <laughs> right. And yeah. I don't. You know, it might. He didn't admit to that. He's been back a couple times. Uh, first time in a regular season for for a head coach, but um, uh, but he didn't. You know, he was asked about his dad and growing up here and all his friends. He said it's not as big a deal as it used to be. The biggest deal was when uh, he was a offensive coordinator with his dad for the Washington Redskins, now the Commanders, when they came back in 2013. That was pretty emotional for him. But he said since then it hasn't been. Uh, but, but, yeah, there's no doubt about it. The Broncos passed up Kyle Shanahan for Vance Joseph, and it, Kyle Shanahan still going. Well, as you, again, we're joined by Mike Cliss of uh, Channel 9 Denver News. As you just corrected me on, I had my years wrong, and Vance Joseph is not, you know, uh, you know, Vic Vangio, that brings me kind of my next question before I want to get your thoughts on the division in general, is that, you know, there's been a lot of overreaction. I won't even say down there in Colorado where you're at, but on a national standpoint in regards, and you've been through some of these things with different coaches here over the last eight years or so, uh, with their rookie head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Now, a lot was made because, you know, the clock time management on that Sunday night uh, in Seattle, and you parlay that with a home game where you have the whole crowd and, you know, in mile high chanting and counting down the clock like it's a basketball game what's your thoughts in regards to do you think that this is some overreaction in regards to people feeling because there's a lot of narrative that think that Denver got it wrong again at the coaching spot but do you feel like is there any concern that you see early on that even has you concern or is it kind of more of the overreaction and this is just the growing pains of a, a rookie head coach well it's both it, it is um, an overreaction but it but it is a concern. They have to get it fixed. It has been embarrassing, the delay of games, the number of penalties, the, the tardiness in getting the playoff, the fans mocking, uh, you know, with the, with the play clock countdown. And um, so it's a concern. you got to fix it. Uh, it cost them a field goal this last game. They had a 54-yard field goal good, delay a game. Uh, that backed them back to a 59-yard field goal, and they and they punted. So it did cost them three points. Had they played a tougher team, I think it would have cost them a game. So they can't do it anymore. And but but you know some people are saying fire the coach already, and I think that's an overreaction. Social media tends to uh, to to have real sharp teeth in its criticism, and I think it's a, a little too much. But there's no doubt. He has to get better at it starting Sunday night against 49ers. Hmm. Yes. And, you know, it, and, I, and I agree with you. I think it's a little bit of overreaction as well, too. And the other point I want to ask you about in regards to before we get your thoughts on the AFC West in general is the other overreaction has been about, you know, their $250 million man, Russell Wilson, in regards to his new change of scenery. Now, the narrative besides hacking and his game management and, you know, it's just terrible and the play calling at the goal line, red zone and all that was a lot with Russell's play and his stats. I mean, even his former teammate Richard Sherman tried to tweet out a little nice 
you know, subliminal there with the chef hat and the stats. But the thing that I started thinking about is like, was the narrative really told to the fact that, you know, at that point, you know, you're going in Tim Patrick. We know that he was lost in August. But then you have a situation where in that game you lose Jared Judy. K.J. Hamler was held out for precautionary reasons because he's coming off of that season ending surgery last year. But um other than that, and it might sound like I'm making excuses, but I'm just saying the truth. Other than that, is it anything that concerned you in regards to the offensive side? Sitting then Nathaniel Hackett to the side, is there anything that reaches steps out to you that concerns you about Russell's, you know, play and the offense and you know, through the first couple weeks of the season? We're not seeing the mobility from him that uh, he's had in the past. I mean, in 2014 he ran for a 150 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. In two games this year, he's got three carries for five yards. And, you know, Russell Wilson's game is built on, you know, at least 30% on his, on his legs, mobility, and he hasn't shown that yet. So uh, that's, that's maybe one concern. You know, it's early, small sample size. But otherwise, you were mentioning the injuries. Add uh, rookie tight end Greg Dulcich in there they're planning on being the starter at some point he was really down weapons to just Cortland Sutton and um so it, it was difficult for him in that regard you know that Sutton's the only bonafide starting target that he had in the game against Houston and he started six of 20 so it's it's still early we'll see he's he had the ball taken out of his hands fourth and five at Seattle for that field goal Nothing. People weren't um, happy about that. They wanted to see Russ do his thing there. But uh, ask me again in a couple weeks um, <laughs> about how he's doing. Right. Although I hope by then this reverberation that's just killing me here is fixed. Right. So I'll take one more there, Calvin. Uh, yeah, I go. I, we got to get you. Uncle. Yeah, we got to get you out of here. We'll, we'll end on this note real quick. I wanted to talk to you before the season, yeah. but just give me before we went into week one. Who did you have winning the AFC West, and who do you after you've seen through two weeks? What do you think? Do you still feel comfortable with that? But who did you have winning this division in general? I had the Chiefs all the way around because of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid are still in Kansas City, and. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't think Russell Wilson was going. I thought he got the Broncos closer mm-hmm. to Mahomes, but he's not Mahomes. Uh, Justin Herbert is really good, but I still take Mahomes. And, um, you know, Derek Carr is solid. Maybe Russell Wilson is uh, a little better than Derek Carr. Hmm. But the combination, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, has been extraordinary here the last four years. And, and there's been nothing early that's going to make me change my mind. You know, the Chiefs took care of the Chargers in week two, and they looked really good against the Cardinals in week one. So if they stay healthy, it's going to be the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The yeah. question is, you know, the, the thing they got to worry about, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey staying, uh, staying healthy, because make no mistake, we're seeing in Miami – Tyreek Hill was a big loss for the for the Chiefs. I totally, I totally agree, man. Well, Mike, I know you're busy, man. You got to run, man. I apologize for the little technical difficulties that we had, but I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us, man. And I'll talk to you soon. You got it, man. Okay, all right, Mike Cliss, Channel Nine, Denver News, checking in. Apologize for technical difficulties.
even though I believe I was probably sabotaged for this interview. The one time we interviewed like 10, 15 people <laughs> and like eight people. not let to say everything went fine, but I have Mike Cliss trying to, I didn't even want to get in there. Oh, well, hold on. Somebody didn't sabotage me, man. That's but anyway, the, that's the upstairs telling no, you, no, man. Yeah. Like, come on, man. I mean, that's, that's Colorado royalty. Well, first of all, I wanted to get more in depth. I mean, I know we had the technical difficulties. I wanted to spend more time and giving his reasons and what he's seen two weeks, but I know he was up against it because he just came out of the press conference with uh, Kyle Shanahan. But, you know, I, I, I agree with Mike in regard to what well, he had the pick. I had Kansas City, too. And I mean, I hadn't talked to him, um, you know, since a while, since the other day, but I had already made the picks. But we kind of agreed on that. Um, the one thing that I know that I had talked to Mike before off air a few days ago that was kind of, you know, surprising to me, and I've got to take his word for it like i said i was reading his articles when i was in sixth grade okay i don't want to tell his age or whatever but you know mike's the man when it comes to that to you that was way before adam came along mr chapter but the mobility and the slowness you know he had kind of told me that off air and i was like really i mean to me i just feel and like look he's there in person he sees that team up close he he, he talks to those guys i just feel that to me i think that's a little bit of overreaction when it comes to only time will tell but i just feel that again injuries are a part of the game everybody got them and i had talked to him about the strength and conditioning coach when he thought hey i never thought about that you might be on something he'd been there five years i wanted to get into that but we had some technical difficulties and ran out of time but no the afc west i'm gonna stick to what i say it's gonna come down to who plays the better defense in my opinion i believe despite the struggles the red zone struggles of denver despite you know the raiders because raiders really lost that game on defense for the most part but i really think what i've seen through two weeks yes kansas city it's all about levels you know i always say it's levels of things kansas city is a little bit above when i say levels of offense even with the minus addition of tyreek hill but for the most part everybody's offense in that division cancels everybody out in my opinion I think when the teams match, I don't know if it's – I think Kansas City's probably playing the best defense out of the first couple weeks. I put Denver second, and I probably put the Chargers third and the Raiders fourth. We're talking defense, and I've been saying it since the, the signings and all the offseason war signings were going on that that division was going to come down to who played the best defense. But I honestly think in the first couple weeks, I would say Kansas City's had that a couple times, but we'll see. But we got a tweeter. We got what, – what is this? Kyle, would you mind getting Mike Kless's thoughts? We had a tweet. Uh, T from Nathaniel Barry Elsa Cal would you mind getting Mike's thoughts on Hackey giving a play call and duties who would be better replacement between Clint Kubiak or Outlet okay well sorry that I saw that question after the fact probably wouldn't have asked him that question anyway but anyways the thought that counts but I'll answer it for you uh, first of all it's fun now one of the things Nathaniel has a good point in there because I was going to ask him about the play calling I, if he would be forced to give up the duties i you know i think we're far from that i know there was a report the other day or he had made a comment that he it, that wasn't happening or he didn't want to do that and i believe due to the fact that this is george payton's first coach hire i think he's going to have a long leash i think it's going to be some patience you know i've told you that that fan base it doesn't shock me the reaction of it because that fan base is the same fan base that won elway uh you know cut his rookie year when he lined up behind a guard instead of a center so again they and, and again i think the clock management is a situation that's kind of lingering from the issues they went over with uh you know vic vangio 1-800-707-9760 um also let's see what else we got going on um i want to touch on so we touched on the the Raven situation with their secondary. Okay. I talked about Mac Jones. Also, what I did want to talk about is the involvement in regards to going back to what we talked about in the first hour of the college scene with the coaches. 
um, and Matt Rule in Nebraska. And I know that uh, we had somebody on Facebook Live when we're talking about Nebraska. Um, let me see who checked. Gerald Glenn had checked in and said the Cornhuskers glory days are done. They'll never get back to what they were. Can't compete in this NIL age. Well, first of all, I see what Gerald's talking about. The part that I will agree with him, I don't think it's necessarily with the NIL situation because I think Nebraska, I mean, they got, look, if you're in the Big Ten and you're talking about these TV deals, everybody got money. Yes, some people don't have Ohio State money. They don't have Michigan money. They don't have those type of boosters and money coming in. But if you're in the Big Ten and you're eating off the TV deals, at the end of the day, that is one of those situations where people got money. So I don't really, I disagree with Gerald about the NIL, but I'll tell you the reason why. I think that he is kind of right to where it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. And the the key person that they, I feel like they narrowing it down to is because the, the challenge that Nebraska has, as I said it earlier, you know, Tom Osborne, if you go to, if you go back to those days and you go back to the black shirts, if you go back to the early nineties, eighties, you know, mid nineties, the difference is, is that especially it's always been like that. But when you're talking about 18, 19 year old kids, it is hard to get though unless you've grown up in that tradition you've grown up close to there it's hard to get kids from texas florida california you know wherever you want to say to want to go up and live in nebraska and play up there see back in the 80s and 90s everybody nebraska was a team where nfl scouts were going if you went to nebraska that was one of those teams that hey had guys going to pros there now you're talking about 20 some years later guys in d2 guys in d1 Guys coming out of Troy, guys coming out of Liberty, people, you can go anywhere. And if you can play, the NFL is going to find you. I think that's the challenges that Nebraska has. It's not so much about the money and the resources and the facilities. It's really about that mystique. You're talking about a whole generation removed, a whole generation that's basically younger. They don't even know when Nebraska was good. They think Nebraska is just a horrible team that's holding down the Big Ten. So whoever they choose, whether it's Matt Campbell, Matt Rule, it's going to be some challenges with that job. And that's why the other day, even though I knew Scott Frost was on the hot seat coming in, I always said that this is one of those situations where I don't know how good that job still is, speaking of Nebraska. But if you look at the names that were surfaced today and you talk about a Campbell. I mean, you look at it. You can do it in Iowa State. And I told you, Iowa State is on the verge of having their first five or four winning seasons in a row since he's been there. That hasn't happened like over 30, 40 some years, I think I heard. That's the type of guy that could maybe go into a situation where it's going to be challenging recruiting. It's going to be challenging. You want it. If you look again at a Bill O'Brien, it doesn't surprise me Bill O'Brien's name is involved in that because again, look at the the obstacles that Bill O'Brien had to overcome, you know, when he came in after Joe Paterno and that whole scandal with Sandusky. So they are gonna have to get this higher right. I know last time they thought that, hey, if we bring Scott Frost that was the hometown kid that played quarterback here, this could maybe get the turnaround. They need to focus not so much on trying to find somebody to keep that's been there, that knows about the roots around here. They need to broaden their horizon and they have to go out and find somebody that can handle and and be patient to handle a long haul, maybe not long, but a grind to get the program back because it's going to be challenging on the recruiting front, not the financial part as well. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producers of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Bartlett Spin 2. Special thanks to Mike Cliss checking in. Sorry about the technical difficulties today. San Antonio, Austin, 
Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, before you hit the snooze button, before you're out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.